0: Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore
1: Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe on Apple or Spotify or any other place that you listen.
0: And if you're able to rate the show, please give us a five-star review. We'd love to hear that.
1: And as always, we talk about judging in MMA. So you should learn the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com.
0: So Dan and I are recording this show only about an hour and a half after the uh, Philadelphia Eagles destroyed everything within Dan in the way that they treated the game of football.
1: It was less than spirit competition.
0: It it certainly wasn't what you'd like to see from a competitive football game, especially the last regular season game of the year. Uh, Sorry for you as a Giants fan. As you acknowledged before the show, the Giants put themselves in this position, of course, but you know. It still stinks to see it.
1: Yeah, I hope the NFL never gives Philly another primetime game as they don't deserve it. Uh, primetime slots are meant to be competitive. This was anything but. And uh, I'm ready to move on from that.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, my football team, my, uh, my football season's over too. Carolina Panthers. Uh, I've been hoping for a good draft pick for weeks now. They unfortunately tried to help the Giants last week by beating the Washington football team. Uh, I didn't want them to do that. But they did. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. Not not the greatest pick for my team either, but whatever, we'll take it. Crummy, you football. <laughs> but this isn't a football show, Dan. Why are we talking about football? We got fights to talk about. Yeah, let's get into the fights. Uh, really, only one fight, actually. I shouldn't say fights. There's just one fight for this show. We're going to keep it short and simple, but we're coming out swinging with a fight that most people... I don't even... It's probably most people. I think it's probably fair to say. Most people would point to this fight as... The one fight where, if you have to call it the R word that we don't like to
1: use on this show, robbery. I think you can it do. Would that. be this
0: fight if yeah. you ask most people, right? Yeah.
1: Dan? right. I still don't want to call it that. I'd rather just call it wrong. Find I also. Wrong. I,
0: I was thinking the same thing. Actually, I'm kind of glad you you brought that up because I also didn't want to label it robbery because I think we need to move away from that word entirely, even when it is wrong. I think robbery should be something more akin to. People missing out on opportunities. Now, obviously, someone like Ross Pearson, if the judges did get it wrong, as we could potentially say here, we'll get into it in detail later, but yeah, Ross Pearson could probably feel like he was robbed because he has to win to get
1: X amount of money. In that sense, I do get it. Right. I didn't didn't even bother looking to see if win bonuses were given out for this one, but...
0: I I mean, everybody, just about every single fighter is on a uh, show and win contract in the UFC, so... I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that that's what happened here. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, we'll we'll, obviously we'll dive more into the nitty gritty of the fight and how rounds were scored uh, in just a moment. But before we do, Dan, as always, please set up how we judge fights in this past judgment segment.
1: Yeah, the CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all 3. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Okay, Scott, start by setting up Sanchez Pearson.
0: Yeah, so Sanchez Pearson was the co-headliner of a UFC fight night in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the Tingley Coliseum on June 7, 2014. Uh, So the headliner for this one was Benson Henderson against Rustam Hobilov. and Benson Henderson won that one with a fourth-round stoppage. Sanchez, who was not quite cooked at this point, this is, you know, we're talking about six six and a half years ago so he still was probably on the past his prime part but he he wasn't uh in the worst way that we've kind of seen him in the last few years came into this one at 24 and 7 he was only 32 years old too he wasn't even that old you know he's younger than than you and i are right now uh almost five years after though his ufc hall of fame war with clay guida and in that time since then in the intervening five years He only went three and five between lightweight and welterweight. So obviously there is, you know, a lack of momentum coming to this one, right, Dan? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Pearson, though, coming into this one, he had a little bit of momentum. Uh, Another like like Diego Sanchez, an ultimate fighter winner in the past. Uh, He was 15 and six with one no contest. That no contest came in his most recent fight before this one against Melvin Gallard. He ate an illegal knee and couldn't continue Uh, that. That was a crummy fight. Uh, only first round didn't go very long, but yeah, he was only 29 in this one. And before that, no contest, he was two and O ever since returning, uh, from a failed kind of featherweight, uh, run here. So, you know, he's coming in with momentum. Sanchez is on the way down. It's kind of setting up well for him. You know, the judges for this one, Jeff Collins, Marcos Rosales, and Chris Tellez and the
1: referee, Kevin Mulhall. So round one, Dan, not much here. Yeah, this was a slow round. Uh, But I thought Pearson easily won this one 10-9. He had good kicks and punches to the body and even wobbled Diego with a right early on. You know, I,
0: I don't know if I would necessarily say he won it easily. Because when you're talking about a round like this where it was slow, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of output. I think we had, yeah, in total we actually had only 21 punches land, 21 strikes land over the course of five minutes between the two of them. So you're not... We're not seeing a whole lot here.
1: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I would say that Pearson was landing better. I didn't think Diego landed much of anything that you can consider effective. He had that one good spin kick to the body late in the round, and then he had a bull rush, which looked good, but I don't think much actually landed.
0: That pretty much is the story of Diego Sanchez's career, no? Right there?
1: Yeah, (laughs) pretty
0: much. (laughs) Or at least late stages. I mean, at this point, I've almost forgotten what he was like in the early stage. I have to watch him. I really liked watching Diego on on the come up. Well, he's always been a fun fighter. Yeah, but he used to be better. I mean, there yeah. were top he was guys that he'd he fight, at, at, and he'd actually yeah. give him a good fight.
1: Yes, he was much more skilled in in his earlier days. I would say,
0: not to get too much on a tangent, but I would say that. Basically, ever since the uh, the BJ Penn fight where he just got shellacked for, you know, what, five and a half rounds or something like that yeah. before he finally uh, finally got stopped. And now it, it's almost like he was a different fighter. Yeah, because that
1: was the best BJ Penn we've ever seen. So
0: I still say the best BJ Penn that I've ever seen was against Sean. Well, but I think I'm, anywhere I'm lumping, from that period. Yes,
1: I'm lumping that that whole stretch together.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Probably there's like. I think that's probably about like a two-year stretch in there, where from like two thousand nine or two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, Shark Florian.
1: Yeah, Shark Florian and Sanchez. Those three fights. That's. I think you could probably even lump in uh, Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson. Yeah. Shout out Joe Stevenson. But anyway, and also Pearson also landed a head kick in this round. I was like, I mean, I, I didn't see a good case for Diego here. I could like begrudgingly accept if someone wanted to make a case for
0: for Sanchez here. I don't necessarily see it myself but this isn't a round where i would go crazy with somebody going for sanchez here i just feel pretty good about giving it to Pearson.
1: yeah i guess you can probably defend this one maybe but unlikely Uh, yeah i i
0: think so um so that's why you know when we have the when we go over the scores here which i have and it is uh collins and Telez, they were the ones who did see it for sanchez
1: yeah, maybe they i don't know I, i'm not gonna speculate who knows i mean diego just looked not there for most of the round until that last a, like 30 seconds in a close
0: round like this i'm much more willing to defer to the judges seated cage side because they're getting more info as you know yeah man yeah. but you know i'm allowed to have my own opinion just like you and you know at this point I wouldn't say we're the most educated out there, but I think we're more educated than most. And and I do feel pretty good about saying that this is a Pearson round. Uh, Fortunately, Marcos Rosales agreed. So we weren't, you know, totally shut out of that. Right. Right. Round two,
1: though, much different story. Right. Oh, my God. This this was 100 percent a Pearson round. Well, before we even go into why would you say because you're saying it's 100 percent, would
0: you say that it got to the ten eight level or no? in if, our system. If you went 10 I think you can defend it. I didn't get there. Okay. Though. I didn't think I he... don't think he got there. I think uh, I actually would feel like this is just like a really solid 10/9 even in our system. That's that's what I
1: have it as a 10/9. Okay. But why though? Let's let's, let's talk about it now. He landed very well, just had a, such a lower volume and uh did good damage, head kick early again and then he dropped Diego late. It's just he didn't have that, you know, big output. The, the fact that he dropped Diego, I don't, yes, he dropped him, but
0: like, it wasn't like a big drop. Right. I feel like that's probably why you agree with me in that you wouldn't necessarily go to a 10, eight in our system. Cause he was like, he was dropped, but he wasn't really hurt, you know, well, or he, he didn't seem to be. Well,
1: he went down. It was just, it was just effective damage. And he had, of course. Yeah. He was cut over his nose and yeah. I'm not saying he really, slipped
0: or anything. Obviously he, he made it happen, but it wasn't, you know, we've seen, not close to be a finish. You know, finish. He wasn't.
1: Yeah. He wasn't close to being finished. Yeah. He popped right back up, but Diego didn't do anything effective. I mean, he, and then again, he has a late flurry with the last, whatever, 10 seconds of the round. That's really all that I can remember of, of Diego's offense that round.
0: Yeah. The funny thing is though, if you look at the numbers here, which again, as I say, every time I bring up the numbers, these numbers are not available to the judges cage side, and they don't tell the whole story. Having said that. Pearson only edged it on this total strike 17 to 13, so it was pretty close on the
1: numbers and still not a very high output. (laughs) Everything Pearson landed was clear, effective, damaging. Diego, it didn't seem like anything he landed had much effect on it. It it was just, my opinion, Pearson landed just so much better. I agree. I'm with you 100%. I'm kind of playing, not not necessarily the devil's
0: advocate, I'm just kind of bringing up another bit of information uh, that kind of illustrates that even when we have numbers that are close, because, you know, we've seen rounds that are close over the years. But this, I just don't think those numbers translate into, oh, this was a close round. It really was not a very close round. No, not at all. Which is why it is so surprising that there was actually a score in this round for Sanchez, 10-9, and that came from Jeff Collins.
1: That's a wrong score. With Marcus
0: Rosales and Crystal going for Pearson, 10-9, right?
1: Yep, and that is a bad score. That's a wrong score.
0: I think it's the wrong score. I think it's not a good score. I would agree with you. I don't like it. I I would love to have heard the justification of why. I think it's indefensible. I think it kind of is too. I really do. I I actually think this is an indefensible score. Yeah. I'm open to somebody trying to explain why it is defensible, trying to give it a defense, and that's fine. And then, Uh, as far as actually going so far as to giving the round, I mean, you if you want to argue that it's maybe not a total shutout. It's not a total shutout. You know, we're not talking about a round that would even approach a 10, eight in our system, which is a lot more, um, lenient in terms of being able to get, you know, to that 10, eight and then to the 10, seven level. But yeah, I, I don't No, It's a bad score. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. It's a bad score. Yes, definitely a bad score. But at this point, so just to update you on where the judges sit, Marcos Susales has given both rounds to Pearson 10, nine, just as you and I did. It's doing a great job. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Jeff Collins has given both rounds to Diego Sanchez. He's doing a terrible
1: job. <laughs>
0: He's not doing a great job on this one. No, uh, but Crystal has it tied at 19 apiece.
1: More acceptable.
0: It's it's a passable score. It's it's not. If you're talking about pass fail, I think it's a pass. If you're talking about a grade, I think it's more like a D plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's barely passing. C minus maybe. I, it's, yeah, nah, D plus. I'm going to D plus. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, but what that means is that Chris Tellez card is literally the only card that matters in the third round. We've talked about these rounds before, right? Yep. He's talked about these fights before where you have one side has it two rounds to none, the other side has it two rounds to none, so all that matters is what one guy thinks. Now, nobody knows that, but it's true. And unfortunately, he didn't go the right
1: way, did he? It did not go the right way. This this round, I mean, I I know we say close but clear. I don't even want to go with that. I want to go closer but clear for Pearson. What do you mean by that exactly? I mean, it's it's not it wasn't that close. Okay. But it was closer. I think it's probably the best round Diego had, but it wasn't. I would say round one was probably, okay. Well, I should say round one
0: is the round that I think Sanchez had the best argument to get, but that wasn't his best round. I think, yes, probably round three is his best round, but you could argue that Ross Pearson had his like second best round here. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. which was far superior to Diego's best round. Right. He just he kept got Diego against a cage, was landing some big combos, opened a cut on his eye. <laughs> he swept his leg out with that kick. That was pretty solid. Uh, but Diego, he actually was landing this round uh, more uh, clearly. He was, but he was also
0: he was doing the same thing that he's done the other two rounds, which is put out a ton of volume, look busy and I don't know that he's like thinking look busy, but he is looking busy. And you know, he's he's winding up with big kicks that are just whiffing because Pearson sees him a mile away and just ducks under them. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. And it's just it's very avoidable offense. But it I mean it almost looks good that I guess if you're sitting in a certain position at the cage because there are obstructed views at the cage. And I don't know what kind of technology was available to them at this point, as far as, um, you know, screens in front of them. I'm going to guess in New Mexico in 2014 that the judges did not have personal screens to view things when there was an obstructed view. I don't know that, but I'm, I'm speculating and I feel pretty good about it. So you can almost understand why there are times where Diego looking really busy and, you know, maybe Ross Pearson moves
1: around or out of the way. Maybe it almost looks like he got hit. I don't know. I don't know, but it just this round, I thought Diego, when he did land, I know he had a lot of volume this round. This was probably his busiest round. I thought when he actually did land his strikes here, they actually looked like they landed decently as opposed you know, the to the other rounds. Is, it actually
0: wasn't his busiest round. Really? No, it, w- it was, uh, it was kind of, and it was actually the only round of the fight that Pearson threw more strikes according to the UFC stats. Okay. It was, yeah, it was very close. It was 47 to 44 in favor of Pearson.
1: Well, you know what? This was also a round that Pearson actually got off a couple flurries. The other rounds were kind of one, one, two combos, one or That's two strikes. True. This, On the whole, this was, this was not a very good Diego Sanchez fight. Wasn't really even a typical fight outside of the sense of that. He just rushes people yeah. and looks busy because he actually, when he, he's more exciting than, than he was in this fight. Usually. Oh, uh,
0: absolutely. I mean, yeah. Like I said, he yeah, had that Hall of Fame fight. I mean, we watched uh, earlier last year the fight with Diego Sanchez and Martin Campman. That was a great fight.
1: Is this the fight where he was eating raw beef right after weigh-ins? I know he got sick. I have no idea. There's, there's I don't a, even
0: remember that story.
1: There's a fight where Diego Sanchez got sick after weigh-ins because he wanted beef tartare as his post-weigh-in <laughs> male. And I don't, I don't know what fight it was, uh, but it would make sense if it was this fight because he, his output was lower than a typical uh, Sanchez fight.
0: That sounds exactly like something Diego Sanchez would do. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the one thing I do want to say too is just this, the simple fact that and we we already touched upon this a little bit. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse, but Diego looking busy, I feel like has really helped him in his career. I'm sure it has. Just just even the the aggression, it, the the fact that aggression is like the it, it's it's just not something that should come into play in a diego sanchez fight because there's no way that rounds are close enough to say well it's tied let's go to aggression but it almost feels like he used to win rounds on aggression right
1: or the appearance of being effective yeah
0: yeah it should be effective striking mm-hmm. you know very clear that this is this is the order of of events as far as or order of uh, operation borrow from from your old math classes right yeah uh, but it's just it's very frustrating because you see you know striking percentages landed in each of the rounds for Diego. You're talking about anywhere between 20 and 27%. Now, accuracy is not anything that ever gets graded in the criteria. It doesn't matter if if you're landing you know, pretty or if you're landing accurately. You just got to be landing effectively, of course. But when you think about the volume that sanchez puts out there and the fact that his accuracy is so poor but he's also when he's throwing he's putting a lot into it it really does look like he's doing something
1: yeah he, he looks busy but I, I, I trust the judges to be able to to you know decipher effective from from aggressive i mean i do really. too so, um
0: you know i would say i trust marcos rosales from this fight
1: and he and he's got he's
0: actually done apex
1: events this year so not he's too a, many. He right. hasn't
0: done many. He didn't do many fights this year. He right. actually was most prominently featured in the Texas event uh, back in February. He was on the John Jones, Dominic Reyes title fight.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, at least he's on the radar, I guess. So he's he's one of the better outside judges, I'd say.
0: You know, it, I would say probably maybe less so in recent years. But, yeah, I mean, back at, around this time, you heard Marcos Rosales name a lot. And he was, you know, he turned in a very reliable card here i have 30 27 for pearson yes Rosales has 30 27 for pearson you have 30 27 for pearson but you know who didn't have 30 27 for pearson neither of the other two judges yeah because this round on two out of three cards still went to sanchez 30
1: 27 sanchez in this fight is just so ridiculous
0: and that's what jeff collins gave it
1: oh that's just such a bad scorecard
0: it really is. It, it's a bad scorecard. It's it's a really hard to defend scorecard. And I, I think even Chris Delez with the 29-28, that's, that's not a very good scorecard either. I think this round is much less forgivable to give to Sanchez than round one.
1: And, and Scott, according to MMA decisions, this is the last fight that, or the last decision in the UFC or any major sport that Jeff Collins was on.
0: Yes, that's right. I saw that too. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I have not. Found out if there's a reason for that or if they're related or not. So I don't want to spread misinformation, but take from that as you will.
1: Yeah, it, it just, it doesn't, it's not a good look, but
0: it's, it is what it is. And, and, you know, Jeff Collins, this isn't a local judge necessarily. This is someone who used to work Las Vegas events in the UFC back in the day. He actually, Dan, I don't know if, I don't know if you knew this, but he was one of the judges who was assigned to the, uh, the first Aldo Edgar fight. Okay. Yeah, he gave uh, he gave Aldo forty eight forty seven. Everybody had the fight for Aldo, but he had the, had it the closest
1: outside of New uh, Jersey. What's that? Everyone outside of New Jersey. Had it yeah, that yeah. Way. New Jersey <laughs> felt a little differently, of course. But, but <laughs> honestly, I was I was technically
0: speaking, obviously I'm from Jersey, but I was at the Palisades Mall. I was in New York, and I did think that Edgar lost. Okay, but I was out of state. I'm allowed to think that. That's true. <laughs> Also I'm allowed to think that anyway, because I'm a free thinker. But you know what, Jersey. <laughs> but yeah, it actually it was it was rounds one, two, and three that Collins had given to Aldo in this one. I don't remember that fight distinctly as far as which rounds went which way, but uh, but I do know that round five was a split round. Okay. But I mean nobody no one without their heart in it really was was thinking that Edgar won that
1: fight. I'll have to rewatch that. I don't really remember it much.
0: I'm gonna rewatch it too. I, I should too. I don't think we'll do it for this uh, for this show. Unless, hey, if you go back and you think there's some interesting rounds, we can talk about it. But I yeah. think probably we can leave that one in the past. But you know, again, back to this fight, it's it really is. It's just a bad scorecard. It's 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 appalling to go 30-27 in this fight, especially when you have 30-27 the other way. You never want you never ever ever want to see opposing 30-27s. It's just it's a bad look, even in a close fight. If you can justify all three rounds going one way or the other. It can happen, but it still stinks to see it. And there's no way a judge wants to see that. And in this fight, it's just it's so much
1: less defensible. I, I just yeah, there's no defense here.
0: I think you're right. It's a we don't want to use that R word, but I think it's wrong. I mean we'll use the yeah. other R sounding word. Wrong starts with a W, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Th- wrong for sure.
0: <laughs> it was wrong.
1: So where did Diego go after this fight?
0: You know, Diego kind of uh <laughs> He actually would have been in the middle of a four-fight losing streak if he had lost this fight because he lost the next fight after it and he'd lost the two before. So, I mean, he would have been sliding pretty hard. I have to wonder if maybe at some point, if if he had lost this fight, does he actually get cut sooner or does it not even change anything? Because, I mean, let's face it, Dana, he probably knew what happened. I don't remember. I didn't read Dana's reaction to this fight, but he's got to know that Diego lost the fight too, right?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: Especially someone with as strong opinions as Dana White.
1: Yeah, I don't don't even know if they were doing rankings at this point, but I doubt they were both ranked.
0: No, I don't think either of them was was ranked at this point, although I do believe the rankings were instituted at this point. I think I was on the panel at that point. Okay. I don't remember. It it was mid-2014. I want to say that the rankings came in in, like, 2013 or something like that. All right. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I was on the panel at the very beginning. And then I left. I think I left in 2017 or 18. All right. Yeah. No, I don't remember. I'll have to look. But I think that's pretty much uh, all we have for this fight, right? Yeah. Uh, not, not too much to it. It's not just too wrong. Much.
1: Yeah, just a wrong score. I think we covered why. There's
0: probably other fights like this that we could find where there are scores that are just wrong.
1: You know, I, you know what comes to mind?
0: Honestly, we've already touched. We already did this fight. Was uh, Leona Machida and Shogun Hua the first fight? Right. Right. I I think that fight. I think the judges got it wrong that night. But I think the list of of fights where judges actually got it wrong, wrong is much smaller than people think.
1: Oh, 100%. There's people who feel the way I feel about this 3027 about Holloway Volkanovsky too.
0: Oh, I, I mean, it's just asinine when you get opinions like that, that are, I mean, look, you can have your opinion, but let's face it, you're, it's not really based in, in the same reality. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who've watched, who watched
1: that fight live, they go back and watch it and they're like, yeah, it's closer than I thought. Close fight. Yeah, that's that initial shock reaction or shock. It
0: reaction. is, and, you know, it's okay. It's okay to get invested in these fights. It means you care. It means you're having fun. You're enjoying the sport. They want we you love invested. love the sport. It's crazy, and, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't love us back, but it's, we do love the sport
1: anyway, right? Oh, this is great. I mean, I, I'm over the break. I'm ready to get back into it. I'm definitely I'm, I'm starting to be like, okay, you know, I, I wouldn't mind if there was a UFC this
0: coming weekend, but at the same time, I'll take the extra week off without uh, <laughs> without UFC next weekend, and then we'll, we'll get back into it with Max Holloway. Oh, yeah. Calvin Cater.
1: Holloway Cater. That should be fun.
0: That will be fun. Yeah, I think you know, that's, that's probably all the, uh, the MMA we have for today. But before we sign off, we've got another movie judgment. I have tasked Dan with watching a recent movie that he had missed, a superhero movie, but not a Marvel movie, not a, not a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie.
1: Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. I like. And you watched it. this? I did. I, I enjoyed it. You did. I knew you would. This uh, there were some surprising things. I you know I wasn't a big fan of the animation style. I'd say. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was I unique and like different. I really appreciated yeah, it was it. different. I just didn't like it. Uh, uh fair enough. But uh, it was a fun movie, regard- regardless of what I thought of the animation. Uh, I was surprised to see Wilson Fisk is the. Enemy. I thought he was Daredevil. Uh, I did go research. I learned he was Spider-Man uh, villain first. You didn't watch um, the Spider-Man cartoon series when we were kids? Oh, I'm sure I did. I just don't recall it. Uh, okay. See, I didn't watch it then.
0: I actually went back and rewatched it as an adult. Uh, but yeah, it, Wilson Fisk is in that a lot. Okay. He's definitely like any of the superheroes that were based in New York City in the Marvel comics, they're... Basically, you you can find uh, the kingpin gets in in the way of just about everyone at some oh, point.
1: All right, see, I wasn't aware of that. Um, but it was fun. I don't know who the the purple guy was. I still I still don't know if they gave me his name yet or if he was the the purple guy. His his uncle. Oh, Prowler. Prowler, I never heard of him before.
0: Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, I I don't know the characters. I'm more DC guy than than a Marvel guy, but I don't know a ton of the history. But I'm pretty sure that. The Prowler had been like a Spider-Man character in the past, but was brought much more to the forefront or at least as a different version of Prowler. Okay, I, I may be wrong. If there's a comic uh, head listening, please correct me um, or Wikipedia can help me out later. But uh, yeah, he he rose to prominence because of the connection with Miles Morales.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah. And I, I liked uh, my favorite actually was Spider-Pig.
0: I was going to ask you who's your favorite. Yeah, okay, Peter, I'm not surprised that you would pick Spider Pig. Peter
1: Porker was my favorite. I also liked uh, uh, Spider Man Noir with uh, you know who voiced it, uh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. So that was that was cool. I like I like that. That was I, I actually giggled a bit during that.
0: Giggled, huh? Yeah. C- Spider- can you demonstrate a giggle? <laughs> that is not your giggle. That's you do. giggle.
1: <laughs> there this you go. Is, uh, yeah, Spider Pig was funny. He was cool. Okay. Uh, I did I didn't really understand. I watched. Oh, well, I watched all the credits until the cast started scrolling up. Like when okay, all the you... all the animated all the animated portion I watched. But did you see the
0: um uh, the thing with Spider Man? I think twenty ninety nine. Uh was that after
1: all the cast rolls and scrolls up? It might have been at the very very end. Uh, i once it started scrolling, I turned it off. I thought it was over. Go back and and just watch that. It's it's short, but it's
0: fun. Okay. I think you'll if you you use social media you're under, you'll understand why. All
1: right,
0: but yeah. What, so what would you say is it, you know solid, 10, 10, 10, 9? No, solid ten nine. Solid ten nine. Okay. Yep. Of the movies that I have now, I guess for be- lack of a better word, that I've assigned to you, which one has been your favorite so far? This one. This one, okay. Yeah. Ahead of the Matrix, ahead top. of Inception.
1: Yeah, it's it goes. Uh, this one, Inception, Matrix, uh, and Snatch. Snatch. Okay. I suspect a few more are going to go ahead of that one. Dismayed to hear that.
0: (laughs) Well, that's all the time we've got for this one, right Dan?
1: Yeah, that's it. It's over. So I think, uh, you know,
0: we'll, we'll see, we will figure out what we're going to do for Friday, but I'm here enough to try and have, uh, that data driven show about last year's, uh, fights ready for you guys. We'll see if we have it Friday. Maybe we'll push it off to next week, but, uh, I think that'd be fun, right? Yeah, let's get into that. Or interesting at least. You know, who knows what fun is. I I love data and I'm gonna try and make it
1: digestible. We'll see. Take care everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>